everybody. Uh, Spencer is not here. Uh, you're stuck with me. Hi, everyone. I'm Kevin. This is That Happens. Oh, look, Spencer is coming back right now. Hey, Spencer, how are you doing tonight? Good, good. Did you have a good, uh, did you do a good intro bit or was there a bit or it was just straight? Oh, it was the funniest bit. You're, you're going to kick yourself. You missed it. It was, it was the best. Oh my God. I'm kicking myself right now. Um, that sucks because it sounds like you didn't actually do a bit. Um, no, no, I didn't. You, you came back too quickly, but that's okay. all right. Play it, play it again. <laughs> We're going to start again. <laughs> Welcome to the Munkle Hour, the only hour dedicated to mummy uncles. I'm your host, <laughs> Tomb Master Crittenden, and joined by me is the Crypt Keeper, the Kevin Day. Kevin Knight is more like it, am I right, folks? Mm. <laughs> spooky, spooky, spooky. Spooky, spooky stuff, but yeah. So, okay, sorry, sorry, Rob. But what, 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 what did you start the show with? Were you just like, I'm starting? Did you say welcome to that happens? Did you say, hey, folks, it's me, Kevin Spencer's getting soda? Yes, that's a pretty much exactly what I said. Yeah. Did you say welcome to that happens or no? I did. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm just curious. I don't know. You know, uh, I it's just you when you're not. It, the thing is, if you're not involved with something you don't know what's going on and when i'm not involved in something i'm always super curious and joined by us me and in, in the crypt master the blast master the tack task master the ab blaster um is a a creative he's a comic artist and creator from my childhood i read his comics when i was a young one and I uh, watched his show when I was a young one and I met him and then like maybe a year later or so I was I realized that he did those things <laughs> and then I was like wait what <laughs> that's crazy and why didn't I didn't connect those dots earlier but yeah, yeah uh, Rob's here what's up Rob hey how you doing can you guys see me I think so yeah Did somebody see me i don't know maybe i got the wrong view on here hold on oh me... yeah okay so if you go up to the view yeah you okay okay okay, okay okay oh man yeah sorry sorry uh, this is the no, first time i'm doing this man hey when we start thanks. when we start the show kevin pins you know the host so that like uh, if another person chortles or something they don't you know that yeah so and got then it. that makes your view get messed up so then it, it has to be manually corrected love it. um so yeah that's just One, some behind the scenes stuff i want the fans to know i want the shrub discord to know what a week what a week what a week well, what about it what a week ray liotta died here here you know like i was supposed to be on last week and i apologize for not being on last week but i had covid i got covid at uh Harmon's girlfriend's cody's birthday party dan and i both got covid we were, uh, and it was like the first week of Rick and Morty season eight writer's room. We were there one day and then we were both taken out for the rest of the week. And uh, 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 I was very, very sick the entire time. And what I did, you, you might think this is interesting. This is my, or, or I'm curious, I want to ask you this. This is, this is I want, because I value your opinion. 
Sure. I purposely stayed away from all media for a week because I was sick. I didn't like sit and watch movies or listen to podcasts or anything like that or wasn't on my phone. I purposely stared at the ceiling for like five days. Didn't do anything because I just I wanted a dopamine detox because I felt myself just being obsessed with my phone, obsessed with the news, obsessed with just stupid bullshit or whatever. And I just wanted to kind of erase that. And then this week, I did the same thing again. I mean, I've been watching movies and stuff like that, but I haven't been on Instagram or Twitter. I haven't been keeping up on the news because it was just I'm like going I'm looking for stuff to piss me off. Sure. And I and I don't want that anymore in my life. So I missed the school shooting. I missed Ray Liotta dying, and I'm not saying those are equal at all. I mi- missed I I missed like so much stuff. I'm only hearing it through the writers room and and like talking to you yesterday and stuff. So I have I have very little um um going on. I'm more creative than I have been in a while. Like I haven't drawn in forever. And then like after this, after I get, I stopped having COVID, I sat all day and was drawing stuff for Rick and Morty. But um, is that irresponsible to, to just be an ostrich and stick your head in the ground? Yeah, I think it's really bad to prioritize your personal mental health over being plugged in 100% of the time to the corporate media. Yes. Oh, shit. Then I'm, you know, I feel great, but now I <laughs> that's, don't. That's the problem. You shouldn't. No one should feel great. And <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because we created this planet and it's, well, we didn't we create did. the planet. We created this society and right. it's awful. It's it's a society that is is barely, it's a society in name only. Like there's a social contract and every power group in the social contract has betrayed that social contract, but they sure. still accept, expect us to hold, uh, you know, hold our end of the bargain you know who are they I, who are they yeah we, they expect us to uphold the, the government the, the rich government, people yeah. uh corporations you know all the power groups that that control how society functions the media you know uh tech companies all of these people they're like you know they want us to be ab- abide by the rules and stuff i don't know you know I, i'm starting to get it's not that i get mad when people break the social contract but I, uh, I'm starting to understand it more because it's like, well, if it's not going to do anything for us, it's just pissing people off. Like, you know, obviously yeah. no one should litter, litter and stuff, no. but if like you go around knowing that cops will just shoot you and then let you die and then <laughs> arrest people for trying to help you, you know, why not litter? Who cares? Like burn the whole yeah. fucking planet down. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, like, oh, like there's no reason to have a collective spirit when the collective spirit doesn't serve anyone but the very powerful you know i don't know it's a that's a weird uh, a weird tangent to start off with um i think it's good i think it's great the idea that you're creative you're more creative is really awesome i I, I have a theory that if and i noticed this like the minute i start i join instagram specifically instagram because i'm more of an instagram guy than a twitter guy uh Going on Instagram, and I follow a lot of artists, and I follow a lot of, like, effects people and things like that. And so uh, I'm just scrolling through art, and I'll go, wow, that's cool, heart. That's great, heart. Oh, beautiful, heart. I'll even write a comment. That's gorgeous. That's great. And I have a theory that I'm, like, satiating a thing in my brain 
that if it wasn't satiated by Instagram, I would draw it myself. Why draw it or why create it if I'm looking at it already? I'm already enjoying it. Because the, the thing that I did when I first started drawing is like I'm drawing stuff because I want to see it. But if I'm looking online, I can see something that I think is cool and now I don't have to draw. And so I stopped looking at Instagram uh, and uh, I started drawing again, coincidentally. And usually, like, like for the last couple of years, I would be like, ah, draw, draw, and then bail on a drawing. You know, like, draw, draw, draw and just like bail, bail, bail. But like the, the weekend after COVID was like not slowly killing me, I, I just drew for five hours straight and it was really, really uh, exciting and fun. And I'm, I'm hope, and I, and I got greedy about it and I did it again without being sick this week, but I don't know what's going on in the world. And I feel irresponsible because if you're not paying attention, the world is falling apart, you know? And I'm like, but, I don't know. I don't know. I feel irresponsible and very privileged because, but I don't know. I was just getting so bummed out and sad about the state of the world. Yeah. Well, the state of the world is bad. It's good to uh, feel bad about it. And again, you know, we built this world and we don't deserve to feel good because the world we built is destroying itself. You know, we oh. should all feel very bad about that. And our okay. continued inaction should make us feel bad. But, yeah. you know, uh, that aside, I think, you yeah, know, I'm it's glad not I helpful. showed up. I'm glad I obviously, yeah, yeah. obviously part of uh, social media that I don't think enough people respect is uh, the addictive aspect of it. And it's yeah, a really the addictive, bad addiction. It's, it's the dopamine, dopamine addiction. You're looking for something. I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm uh, my, my beginning of my addiction is like, I'm trying to find something that no one has ever seen before. And I want to find something that is just like just behind the corner, underneath the box, you know, just something like a movie, a TV show, uh, a thing that is just like no one's ever heard before. And I'm always looking for it. That's why I'm buying constantly movies and DVDs and VHS and, and all that other stuff. I'm looking, 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 looking for this stuff like that. And the Internet is is program is is made for me you know whether it's youtube instagram or twitter i'm always looking because it's just a scroll away it's just a scroll away and i'm i'm literally having this argument in my mind you need to quit you've been on this way too long but what if the next scroll is the perfect thing is the thing that i've always been wanting and occasionally i'm right right occasionally well, that's i'm the thing. right it's it, the closest analog is to gambling because it, it, you're gambling yeah. for a serotonin hit, a dopamine hit, like you said. Yeah. And uh, sometimes you get an adrenaline rush from seeing something you're pissed. And I yeah. think that combined kind of amping yourself up and then like hoping for the next jackpot and stuff, it creates this hyper addictive system that I think is really insidious and dangerous. Rob, do you have ADD? I can't remember. Uh, I probably do. I don't think I've been officially diagnosed, but, um, it's very difficult for me to concentrate on anything unless I'm uh, stoned or, 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 or whatever, yeah. you know, like I, reading is really difficult. I have to force myself to read, but I will say after a week of jumping off and checking out, 
reading is a lot easier. It's so much easier. Like I would recommend a dopamine detox once a week for everybody that's listening right now. It's just like, check out. Like I, I, I was just doing some research on this because I was just like, we've, we've had this conversation before where you just kind of laying around and you go, I don't want to do anything. Yes, I could write a script that I could make it to a movie. Yes, I could uh, uh, work on a short in my garage. Yes, I could draw a comic book. Uh, yes, I could do all these things that, that I promised myself I would before I died. And I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to get up. I don't want to clean. I don't want to do anything. And so I was doing all this research. And, they, and the idea is to, with the dopamine detox is, don't eat junk food. Don't look at pornography. Stay offline. You can journal. You can go for a walk. But the point is, is to make yourself bored on purpose. Lay in your bed and look at the ceiling until doing anything, whether it's washing the dishes or writing a note to yourself, gives you a dopamine rush. So... I would recommend this in, 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 in like, it almost should be mandatory. Like students should yeah. be taught. This is just like, we are going to have a dopamine detox for one day, just one day, one day where you're offline, you're not going to miss anything. And if you do it, it, somebody will tell you, believe me, somebody will tell you. I mean, yeah, there's I, a, it, there, yeah. there's a book that's about like breaking up with your phone or whatever. And it's like, yeah, yeah start just one day, put it into a, into like a, a drawer or something and don't take it out. And he uh, puts it in a, it's safe. a good book. Yeah. Like it's one a of those time lock safes. safe that mm -hmm. is just like, you can't pick this up for eight hours. You'll be okay. We had answering machines. We didn't have email at one time and the world did not collapse. You'll be all right. Any, if there's an emergency, you will find out like soon enough, they'll find a way. So I would yeah. say detox is, 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 is the best. And so that's what I did with my, when I got COVID where I was like bedridden and, and, and near death, I was like, I am going to force myself to be the most bored I possibly could. And I refused to look at my phone or watch a movie or listen to music. I just stared at the ceiling for four days straight and uh, it, um, it worked. Yeah. I, the thing about ADD, I've learned a lot recently about ADD, uh, but uh, apparently one of the big things, and this isn't part of like what people have taught traditionally is that you don't have, um, I think dopamine or maybe serotonin. I want to say dopamine. You don't have average levels of dopamine, which is similar to sometimes being depressed, but yeah. dopamine is essentially your car's ignition switch. Like it's what drives your executive function, yep. your ability to make and, and stick to plan and just getting tasks done you can know something needs to be done and you just won't be capable of doing it because you don't have this chemical that is a big reason that people are motivated it codes for motivation and yeah. so ADD people they adhere to a lot of these dopamine hit addictions because just getting a little gas can sometimes give you what you need to get going but then you get addicted to it 
Yeah. So you don't want to actually get going. You want to keep just feeding yourself uh, dopamine because again, your your whole life is going to be very deprived of this, and your body craves it and needs it. So yeah, I don't know. Uh, but but also, I, when I got surgery, I was like bedridden, and I didn't want to watch anything or look at my phone or anything. It was weird. It was like because I was feeling like shit. It's like I just didn't want to see anything. Like I was like I was feeling. I, I guess maybe I was just like too bummed, and it's like I don't deserve anything or whatever. But it's like yeah, I just didn't even. Want what is to. that? What is that? That that I go through that all the time. I don't deserve to be happy. I don't deserve to be successful. I uh, like where does that come from? I think it probably comes from ADD too. As, as probably, you know, you you know it's, it's it's that self destructive voice oh. in your head that is just like going, "You're not good enough. Stop it." You know, it's called PC. shame spiraling, um, yeah. which is an shame, ADD thing. Oh my god, shame spiraling is it's like it's like shame is the is is really a powerful crippling thing. Cause like how many times have you been in a room? I mean, I, you're a very clever person. I'm a very I, I, I will admit that I'm a clever person. I'm I'm paid to be clever. So but how many times have you been in a room where somebody says something to you like a zinger or whatever, you know, just like a, a playful put down, let's say, and your brain, brain goes, your brain goes blank. You have nothing, you know, like, going, oh my God, I, 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 I mean, if I was comfortable, I could, I could say something, I do, but I should say something, you know, like a comeback or, oh, you got me or whatever, but your brain goes blank. That's the thing that freaks me out about it. And that's all about shame spiraling is like somebody goes, eh, well, you know, you're kind of an idiot. And you just like go, you just nothing, nothing, nothing. Your brain goes blank. You don't go, yeah, I am an idiot. Or no, why would you do that to me? Or what? Like, I don't know. Do you go through that where, where your brain just like goes blank? You're a very creative person. I feel I am, I'm a creative person. Why does that happen to us? Why do we go blank? Like just this might be a little bit. It might be a little bit different than what you're talking about, but I go through that a lot of times my adrenaline just like spikes and then I just can't think or even see straight. Like it's all I can do to like not cry and stuff. And I think for me, at least that's what in another, like everything we're talking about is ADD stuff, but this is ADD was a thing called rejection sensitivity, which yeah. is just the slightest thing, not even negative, something ambivalent that could be seen as negative. Even if yeah. you get a good sense that they're probably not intending it in a negative way, it yeah. just like, it flares you up. Like, to the yeah. max and i think that kicks off a lot of shame spirals too and and yeah. so i think you just get paralyzed and so that that's what how i feel that it, uh, i don't it, know if it, that's relatable it's, it's it's really it'll keep me up at night it'll make me so sad and depressed i remember one time i was on community i was directing an episode it was one of the first it might have been like basic lupine it is the dick wolf like episode the the the, <laughs> the uh, um the 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 law and order episode. It was like the first one. And like the, the spotlight was on me because it's like, does he deserve to be here? Or is he just here because he's a friend of Dan's, whatever, Sure, you know? And, uh, uh, and I've met the cast before and they're lovely and they all were on my side. They wanted me to win and they were the fucking best. Um, but I was like, I remember, uh, like standing next to Jim rash. And for some reason, 
he was wearing a gray shirt. I was wearing a gray shirt. I was wearing glasses. He was wearing glasses. Joe McHale says, hey, you guys look, look alike. And it was like a playful zing, whatever. And that's what Joel does. If he likes you, he gives you shit. But I remember looking at him and opening up my mouth and going, I have my, I, I should say something. Because if I don't say something, these people are going to lose faith in me as a director and as a person in charge. And I had nothing. My brain went blank. And I went up into my office after it and I was just like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. I, I, I'm, I have no uh, self-worth. I can't even speak to these people. You know, I don't deserve to be here. And uh, I don't know what, what, what happened. But after that, you know, I, I found it in myself to get my strength back and just go in there and go, I don't have to have a zinger. I don't have to have a comeback. I should just like nod and go, yeah, we, I mean, come on. I mean, he's bald, I'm bald, we have glasses. It's, it's, that's all you have to do to connect the dots. And, uh, and I was able to kind of get over that crippling. It was really, I mean, like, and, I, and then I got, and then it goes into a spiral. Like, I'm so pathetic. I, this thing that was like, not, a bad thing. He wasn't, he was actually trying to welcome me into the group by giving me shit. And, and there's a really so insulting sad. way. Yeah. There's a really so insulting sad. way you can say someone looks like another person, but it sounds like he just had, Hey, I mean, Jim Rash is a gorgeous man and he dresses better than yeah. I do. And I mean, like if I was Jim Rash, I'd be like, what? Give me the fuck. Get away from this. But you know, I, I, I was so, I was like, I had to take like a, good chunk of time alone and and i went home and i was like kate i'm just really i hate myself i i picked the wrong business i should go back to comic books like i can't yeah. do this but at the same time then i directed one of my favorite things i've ever done which was the law and order episode of community which i'm sorry i think it all, all was all that the, the ass crack bandit no 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 this, oh, okay. this, 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 this is a different earlier. one, but, but, but it, I think it was the same season, but it was, uh, yeah, it was the law and order episode. And, uh, I really, really was proud of that episode. I'm still proud of that episode. I still think it's, it's one of the best things I've ever directed. So I was able to dig myself out, but I hated myself so much the entire time that I have to dig myself out of the ground and, and Joel, if he knew that I was that hurt by it, would be so bummed out. He would be like, right. Rob, I think you're great. What are you talking about? He was the nicest guy to me. He At the end of the, the rap on Friday, he was like going, you fucking killed it. This is so fun. What a great episode. It, 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 it's, it, it, it's uh, you know, you just, you, and, and that's all on me. That's all on me. And I hate right. that self about me. And I'm always trying to improve myself and eliminate that self from me. But it's it's hard. It's it's really, really hard. I don't know yeah, why I got went off on that tangent, but well, I it's just feel like it's you your nervous system. It just flares up. Yeah. Well, you know, Joel has, at least in my opinion, Joel has such tremendous warmth to him. It just oh, suffuses like everything that he goes through. He makes you feel really good. He and makes then you he can want be him so to cutting. like you. 
he, is, he makes you so much. I, I want him to like me so bad because he's he's 10 feet tall. He's gorgeous. He's really funny. He's a great guy. Uh, and and his, his joke of choice is giving you shit. So he's a big Especially brother. for your appearance or clothes. Like that's yes. that's where he yeah. goes all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, of course, I think he picks up on the fact that I'm insecure about certain things. And then he just kind of is that's his way of saying, don't worry about that. Don't worry about it. Just make a good episode. I don't care. You know, <laughs> yeah. And and he's uh, no, I really uh, uh, that 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 whole week was like probably one of my proudest moments ever. But it was also like a dark moment. Like I was like going, I need to be on some kind of medication. I have to go into some really intense therapy. I can't live like this anymore. This is like suicidal depression. I can't handle this. This is, I have to get out of this business or figure it out. And uh, yeah, and, uh, and, and that kind of began like a big string of, of me actually doing really well as a director, TV-wise, you know, mm-hmm. and let it led up to other things. So, um, you know, so when I have situations like that, I feel like, I feel like everyone's thinking about it as much as I am or like close yeah. to as much as I am. So it's like, 100%. if I go back, he's gonna, he's either gonna be like, wow, you were such a baby or he'll be like oh, yeah. treating me with kid gloves and stuff. Is that, that you kind of went through that too, where it's like, and then in reality, no one cares or even remembers. I mean, I mean like, look, when we're, when we're being, when we're, when we're trying to be funny, we go with the first thing that comes to our head. We try to sell it. And sometimes it bails. And then you, you know, it, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it does sometimes, you know, but it's all about timing and the quicker you can get it out, the better. So, I mean, he might've said like, eh, what he, he might've walked away going, that wasn't the best joke or what was, <laughs> what, what was I trying to do there? You know, that doesn't even make any sense. Of course they look alike. They, uh, duh you know like i mean there's been so there could have been so many things going on in in everybody's head you know i mean like the one person that didn't say anything was jim who was standing next to me who probably was like going am i based off of rob what what's <laughs> wh- i mean like i mean like this is dan's life that he wrote i mean like that's an interesting thing like what's should i treat this guy differently because i'm based off of him and uh, no i mean like i don't know it's it's it it's one of a billion things that happens every week to me where i'm like why am i not better at this i'm this old i'm 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 how come i still haven't figured it out and the thing is is like you're constantly are figuring it out and you are getting better like if it happened to me today i would react better i might have but i don't think i would have been as crippling depressed as I was, you know, there, like I was dark, darkly depressed and it was so stupid, but it was, it was, it had nothing to do with what was said. It was my reaction to it. My disappointment of not being perfect. And, uh, uh, I, cause I was like going, why couldn't you have said the funniest thing in the world? You know, if you would have, everybody would have loved you. The point is they already liked you. You were already welcomed from the starting line. 
I don't know. It's uh, it's it's something that I think I think uh, I think you understand uh, better than a lot of my friends. Uh, you know that yeah. that just that awkwardness that that awkwardness where you're just like going, I'm so sick of being awkward in a social situation. When is it ever going to be over with? When is it going to stop? Yeah, I, I again, I think it's rejection sensitivity. I think ADD people get it a lot worse than other people. And, yeah. you know, I don't think I've gone a lot better uh, since learning about this, but it helps me be kinder to myself afterwards once I'm calmed down, if that makes sense. Yeah, but, I, I, um, being kinder to yourself is, is, is definitely a challenge. Yeah. It's such well, a challenge. I think because when you're shame spiraling, it's hard to get out of it. It's a spiral because it's like uh. you can't escape, you know, but you know, you're a director and I was just curious about like when you hit the scene, when you show up, like, is there any way you like set expectations? Do you like meet everybody? I, it is, okay. Like, this is the thing. If you're, the if you're a director, if you're a guest director, Monday morning, you're the substitute teacher. Everybody knows each other. Everybody, the writers know each other. The cast knows the writers. The cast knows the crew. The crew knows each other. Blah 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 blah. You're the only person there that nobody knows, and everybody's going to go. Is this going to be a good week or is this going to be a bad week? So you've got like five to ten minutes to walk in and convince them that you know what you're doing. That there's like an adult at the wheel, and you're prepared. So on. Uh, Let's talk about that Law and Order episode. I knew that. I knew that everybody was thinking the only reason I was there was because I was Dan's friend. Because Dan wanted me to do episodes earlier. But it wasn't until he put his foot down and said, okay, Rob is doing an episode. And, uh, and this was the episode that I was given. Um, and I was not a Law and Order fan. Uh, there's actually a Doctor Who-esque, like, Inspector Spacetime episode that I think was, like, either directly after mine or another one where he kind of wrote for me. And it, it just, the scheduling didn't work out or whatever, you know, and somebody else did it or something. And, um, and so I was given the uh, Law and Order episode. Not only was I given the Law and Order episode, I was given, like, the a Law and Order episode that was the day after new year's so they said okay it's a day after new year's so um new year's was on a monday you start tuesday you have to shoot this whole thing in four days and you know being working on community that shooting shooting one of those episodes in seven days is or, or five days is near impossible uh, but I was I was given the task of doing this episode in four days. Plus, Danny Pudi, Pudi was uh, his wife was pregnant with twins, and they were saying at any minute he's going to have to go to the hospital and be gone for the rest of the week. So I was dealing with that on top of it. So I had um, Christmas vacation to prepare, and so what I did was I kept reading the script, talking to Dan and Megan Gans every day. And like, going, what do you want to do with this? What do you want to do this? What do you want to do this? And, and um, I was studying Law and Order because I didn't know Law and Order at all. And they hadn't watched a single episode. So I said, I'm going to watch every episode during Christmas vacation. And I'm going to not only watch it, 
but I'm going to watch it once with the sound on and once with the sound off. So I pay attention visually what's going on and I'm making a note. And I make, made a list of commandments. This is what happens in Law and Order. Camera's always like this. Lighting is always like this. Actors are like this. Actors like this. So I made a list of this. And then also I, I was like, I'm going to do the title sequence. I'm going to take the community theme, make it look sound like law and order. And then I'm going to put Starburns and all of the people and everybody into the law and order episode. I'm going to make it look as tight as possible. I did that over Christmas vacation. So on Monday morning, when everybody shows up and I go, Hey, everybody, listen up. I want to show you something. Check out what I did. And I had my iPad and I go, check this out. I cut this together last week. And it was the Law and Order title sequence, pretty much exactly what is in, in the episode. And everybody looked at it and went, when did you do this? This is amazing. This is great. And everybody went, oh, we're going to do Law and Order exactly like Law and Order. And I was like, yes, this is, we want to make Dick Wolf watch this and go, when did we do this? When did, <laughs> I don't remember making this episode. So that was the goal. And then everybody like jumped into it. Uh, like Yvette was like the very next day came in totally prepared and was just like, this is my um, paintball because I love law and order and I love this type of acting. And uh, uh, we had one of the, I forgot her name, unfortunately, but one of the actual law and order actresses was on the show. She was the, um, um, I don't know what, what, what she was like the doctor. I don't know what you call her or whatever like that. But, uh, yeah. but she, she gave us a lot. That was like day two. And she was like going, the secret was no acting, no acting, just do your lines, do your lines. And so I kept repeating that and repeating that. And Megan Gans was right next to me the whole time. And we were just like working really off each other. And it was, it was, it was, it was really great. It was so much fun. Uh, everybody was, just a dream. And we shot it in four days and it's still one of the best things I've ever done. And I, I, I just like, when I, when I do something, especially when it's like a, an homage, I never phone it in. I like go, it's gotta be exact. The joke is people have got to go. They did it. You know, right. they nailed it. They, this is exactly like law and order. Uh, and so that's, that's, that was the goal. And then I brought that into the other episodes I did, whether it's like G.I. Jeff, which 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 was another like, holy shit, that was like a insane, insane, insane thing, which I think we talked about on Cali show. But um, but yeah, I mean, like, I think you were around during you weren't around during Law and Order, right? You were more. around. No, Megan Gans wasn't there when I was I was in like season five on. Right. She wasn't there. That was uh, that was just such a. It's hard to believe that that was four days, but that was such a dramatic week. And when it was done and I cut it together and I looked at it, and I went, huh, okay, yeah, it looks like a Law & Order episode. That was my job. I was told to do that. And Dan, who, uh, like, I think was, you know, like, legitimately nervous of, like, giving his friend a shot, you know, like going, oh, okay. Well, like, I know you direct. I know you did the Sarah Silverman program and stuff like this, but this is my show. And everybody is like going, can he do it? Can he do it or whatever? And then he looked at it and he was very, very proud and very, very complimentary of it. And I, and, uh, and, and that came as like a, whoa, I didn't, I wasn't even expecting that. 
Yeah, I think that I, I I haven't seen too much of your process, but the few times I have seen it, um, preparation and research and background, you know, prep prep work, it was very like it's clear that you put a ton of effort into into you know getting it there before you know the first day or whatever. But because time is ever, time yeah. is free, time is free, you know, beforehand, you know, like if like well it's not but yeah well for 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 directing you know like if i'm uh, like any they any don't pay you I'm, for it so it's free for them for but like on the weekend before any shoot that i do i am reading the script i'm trying to memorize the dialogue so i can go up to uh, an actor and go you know when you come up and you go and you're doing like it can you turn on this line and then they'll go wait a minute you know my lines yeah i know the script then they go, ooh, he's playing for real. I better up right. my game too, you know, like, because he's, I just memorized my line for this scene in the trailer. <laughs> you know, not, not on Community, but on other shows that I've done where people, like, they're, they're still figuring it out as they go. But if I come in and I, and I, and I know the script as well as they do, they, uh, or even, or, or hopefully even better, they will um, respect me more. That's the thing is you, 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 cause I've been on, on sets where you show up and the actor, the DP, the writer or whatever, just decided they don't like you. They don't like you. They're not going to take any information from you, uh, any direction from you. It's, it's the guest star just is, does not like you. For some reason that has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with, with them. And they're, you know, they might like go, oh, I'm doing a guest spot on a TV show. I used to be an Academy Award winning actor. Now look at me, you know, and I'm going to listen to this guy. Fuck him. So that's, uh, that's something you got to deal with. And it's that when, it, when that happens, it sucks. And you go, I don't want to ever do this again. I never want to do this again. And, and then when you have like an episode where everybody like community, everybody's on board and they're just like, Rob, what do you want to do? Let's put it together. Let's, let's make the scene work. Um, that's when it's magic. It's just absolute magic. And you just like go home going, I love my job. I love this show and I, I want to do it again. Yeah, so I'm, you know, I, I know that you guest direct a lot of stuff, but are there stuff, I mean, you know, the Sarah Silverman program and stuff, were there places that you were the kind of director and like you were there from the beginning of the show or the beginning of the production or anything? And Just is it different? The, the, Do you think about it the, that differently? It, it's different. When you're like director slash executive producer, like on the Sarah Silverman program or the, uh, the last season of Community, you're there every day. For every single episode, like I was on set for when Bobcat was directing, and you know, and this and that, and I, I'm, I, I'm you. You look at the show as like one thing, and you're always like pitching. Like there was like a point where there was like, oh, there's no tag for this episode, and then I go to Chris McKenna, and I go, "You guys got a tag for this episode?" And he goes, uh, "Why? You got a pitch? We don't have a tag." I go, "You got to do a trailer for Portuguese Gremlins." And he goes, you want to write it? I go, fuck yeah, I want to write it. I want to write it and direct it. And I wrote it and directed it. I wrote it that night and I sent it to him. And he goes, done, done, 100% done. And uh, it's, it's you. And, and when you're an EP 
director on a show, you could tweak stuff. You could tweak stuff over and over and over and over again past. Like when you're a, a, a director for hire, you get two days to direct your episode, uh, to edit your episode. But when you're an EP on a show, you can just keep, I'm, I, especially on the Sarah Silverman program, it's like, I'm taking as long as it takes to edit this. Because I got to go past the network. I got to go past Sarah. I got to go past me. I like anything we can do to keep on judging this to make it cool. Let's add some stuff. Let's do this. Let's, let's tweak it. That's the best. When it's, you got one day to edit and then goodbye. I hate that because uh, the people, and it's their show and it's their right. They come in and they look at your script, look at your edit and they, they do whatever they want to it and they don't know why you did it or whatever. And then you watch it on TV and go, this isn't what I made. And that's a bummer. And I hate that. I'd rather not do it at all than go through that again. Yeah. It seems like it's really painful because it's yeah, like, it could it's have like, been so oh, easy to it's fix. Like, it's like then... if you drew something and you drew a, draw, draw a picture and you love it and then you hand it over to something, somebody, and then they draw over it. Or they go, I don't like this character. And they erase it out or whatever. And you open up your comic book and you go, this isn't, this isn't mine. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was, fuck. I had a question about directing. I think it was about like, oh, who, who do you think sets the tone the most on set? Do you think it's director? Do you think it's the talent? Or like, you know, how, like in terms of it, like, if it's a hostile it should place. Be, or- it should be the director. But I've been on sets where it's some. I was on one shoot, which I fucking hated more than anything, where the DP was uh, just being a jackass. And I was like told like all week long, hey, by the way, the DP is kind of a jackass by everybody. And I was like, why is the DP uh, uh, even here if everybody is telling me like how much of a shit is and uh, and so i kept hearing that hearing that hearing that and then uh first shot of the day i was like okay we're gonna do this and then we're gonna pop in and do this because it was just like it's a one sentence scene we're not gonna spend a lot of time and he's like we gotta turn around brah and i'm like uh yeah but that's gonna take 45 minutes to turn around we got a big day today let's just pop in and do this not gonna work it was like I'm like, and I, I got like so frustrated because I was told all week long that this guy's difficult, and I wanted to take him aside, and I didn't. I would today. I wanted to take him aside and go, look. Everybody on this set has told me that you're a pain in the ass, and this is the first shot. They're going to ask me at the end of the week, was he a pain in the ass? What do you want me to say? If I if I would have approached it like that, but I didn't. I kind of went. Well, I'm the substitute teacher. He's been here longer than me. I'm just going to let it roll. I'm going to try to do my best. I'm going to kill him with kindness. That never works. Uh, and it was like one of the worst weeks of shooting of my life. Like, I definitely was like going, I don't want to do this anymore. I do not want to do it anymore. Because I was like killing myself, preparing like I do for the show that just was just being so disrespectful to the new to the when when you hire 
a guest director. The first word is guest. Treat them like one of the family or you're not going to get the best out of them. And, uh, and that's, that was, there were so many other issues that had nothing to do with me. Uh, um, that was, were being taken out on me because I'm the new guy and I'm going to be gone by next week. So let's take a shit on this guy. Yeah. Um, that's the other thing is I feel like if I were in that position, I might feel awkward about saying like, Hey, everyone hates you because it's like, I'm out after a week and then everyone else has to live with me having aired their laundry. And it's also, but, it's, and, and also you're, you're a decent person. It's hard to tell somebody that people are talking shit about you behind your back. It's, it's hard for me too. But I mean, as a friend, dude, you might be in trouble. And he got fired after me, you know, after <laughs> yeah, so you could have helped him. Yeah. I, I could have said, dude, you might be gone. You might be gone after this week because they did ask me at the end of the week, how'd it go? And I said, this was the worst experience of my career. <laughs> uh, I'm never coming back. Enjoy, enjoy the process. The show got canceled. He got fired, it, whatever. Yeah, they, so I guess that's kept, the kept apologizing to me. But I mean, I could have saved myself maybe a lot of dread if I would have just took the guy aside and go, look, as a as a as a we're not friends, but as a team player, you know, they're gonna ask me. They're going to ask me. <laughs> it was funny because that conversation of did you have a good time? Uh how was your week or whatever? happened in front of video village you know the the dp tent i don't know if anybody knows like what what the video village is or whatever but there's uh the video village where the director and uh the producers it's are where watching. all the monitors are right, right because the right. cameras are up there but they they wire into monitors that are right. that are stand back and that setup is called video village right and then next to that is the dp tent or whatever where it's him and the lighting guys or whatever. They have like a tent where they're looking at a monitor so they can make it look perfect. So whatever pipes into video village is there. And then I remember being asked by like the, the EP of the show, like, so what'd you think? Did you have a good time? I said, this was awful. I'll never come back. This is terrible. I hated working with this guy, whatever. And then I turned around and realized I was, talking <laughs> right next to <laughs> the tent where the dp heard everything and he came up to me and he was like all of a sudden when the nicest guy in the world was like hey man great working with you this week i can't wait for you to come back and i was like i'm never working with you again there's no way you suck yeah um, yeah i guess that makes it like that makes sense i guess this is a yeah. true answer maybe if i thought about it i could have figured that out but it's like who sets the tone the worst person in the area sets the tone right it really is true and it's a trickle down effect if people it, it i've worked on a show if the person the creator the the brains of the outfit he can be a dick he could be a jerk he can expect too much but if he knows what he wants people feel more comfortable. If the person on top is a nice guy, you know, kind of a pushover or whatever, but doesn't know what he wants, everything falls apart. Because people are like going to go, well, I'm not getting any answers, so I'm going to make my own answers or whatever. People start in a vacuum of no control, people start taking control. And it stops. And that's what was happening on this program that the 
the DP was like getting nothing from above. So he felt like I'm going to take control. And so when the new guy came in and go, Hey, it's my turn to take control. He was like, no, you don't know what I'm dealing with. We're taking control here. And it was like that. So trickle down effect. So if you ever become a showrunner of a show. Hey, and if anyone needs me to show run, I will show run. Right. I've done it before. Everyone right. loved it. You know what you want. You know what you want. You know what the show is. The, you, you, and you can even be um, not sure. But if you but don't let people know that. Just say it's a, it's a show that about red squares. Red squares. That's all you got to learn. Costumes, red squares. DP, red squares. Actors, act like a red square. That's it. Now they don't have to think. They can go, red squares, that doesn't mean anything, but I'll have to figure it out or whatever. But if somebody goes, what shape and color am I? And you go, I don't know. It's kind of like a square, but maybe a triangle with a little bit of blue in it, but yellow, yellow's cool or whatever. They will fall apart and... It, it won't be good. And it's, it's the showrunner's fault. So say what you will about like what Dan does and people will go, Oh, it's hard, difficult or whatever like that. He has always known what he wants and what the show is. And that's why we work really good together because once I get that, I go, okay, it's law and order. Boom. I will give you law and order. I will give you law and order. But if you went, I don't know. It's kind of like Law and Order, but also it's also like these other procedural shows or whatever. Like that, give me something well, to focus on. It gets into leadership, I think. And leadership, what leadership yeah. is about, is about transmitting a vision to your crew because no one necessarily knows what direction they're. You know, that's why they call it director. But no yeah. one knows what direction they're going in, and everyone's going to try and and have their own vision in their mind of what they think they should be doing. And it's yeah. your job to make such a clear vision clear to them that yeah. they understand exactly what they're talking about. And that means yeah. you have to be really precise with language. You have to like have a good way of communicating your vision. Because if everyone's moving in the right direction, it doesn't matter yep. if someone's faster and someone's slower, even if someone's really bad, because they're being bad in the right direction. And, and that's always wobble. better than... Don't waffle. Just like, just go from your gut. You know, like if somebody goes, should this be left or right? Just go, it's right. You know, and, 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 and then when it doesn't work, he could go, you know something? Right. I said it was right. Seeing it like this. It's better if it's left, you, you know, or let's talk or, or let you go to the DP, you go to the actor, you go to the lighting director and go, I don't know. I said, right. But what do you think? Do you think it's left? I think it's left. Well, let's do left. What are we doing here? Let's do left. I mean, it's, it's, it's art is making mistakes and fixing them. It, yeah. It, 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 it's a constant you know, it, state of making, just getting something on the canvas and fixing it. And so, and, yeah. and the more, the quicker you can make a decision, the more mistakes you can make and the more solutions you can make too. I, I, you know, I've said this before on the show, but an editor that taught me a lot um, said that it's important that the editing room be a safe space to fail. And I think, you know, cr collaboration and creation works best yeah. when it is safe to fail, when people will say, yeah, let's try it. And then are willing to say like, yeah, that didn't really work. But, you know, let's keep trying. You know, it's not about like, and wow, that was undo, a terrible decision. You really fucked up. Button. There's an undo button too. You know, there's nothing more frustrating when I'm talking to an editor that goes, yeah, that's not going to work. And I'll be like, yeah, you might yeah, be just right. Try but let's it. Yeah. Try it. 
and it might lean to something else. And if it doesn't work at all, you got that Apple Z buttons right in front of you. But, but also seeing how it fails helps yeah. you too. Like that, that Absolutely, helps you know yeah. what to do next. Yeah. Um, anyway. It, it, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to, no, 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 uh, to no, no, switch no, no. gears. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just kind of fired up because, you know, I've, I've gone through a lot in the last couple of years of like going, do I want to keep on doing this or, or, or not? Or, you know, I mean, I'm, we, we just started like Rick and Morty and uh, I missed the first week because of COVID, but I was back the second week this week and it was so fun. It was so great. And I love the show so much and I'm so lucky to be asked to be a part of it. And um, I just, you know, I know the fans are very fickle and, they, and they'll go, it wasn't as good as last season or whatever like that. But I'm like going, look, guys, we are trying as hard as we, we can to make the best show on TV. We're 100% trying to. And, and, and it, it might disappoint you sometimes, but at least appreciate that we're trying to do something different as much as possible. Because like, it's like 100 episodes. It's, there's, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. We want the show to evolve. We want the show to be challenging, challenge itself, still be funny. I mean, you're doing a comedy uh, that is also incredibly good science fiction. It, it like Rick and Morty is some of the best science fiction ever that has come out on television. And, and we take that very, very seriously. We want it to compete with like X-Files and Doctor Who. You know, we want it to be a, a great science fiction show on top of being incredibly hilarious, too. So we're trying as hard as we can. So maybe give us a break a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, give them a break. Uh, this is a great show. We're doing a great job, but it's time to try soda. Even right. it's time to bring this this very right. organic discussion to a screeching halt and just great. start start chugging down soda. What do you want to start with? Uh, I want to start with these these weird ones uh, first. I think I gave you two weird ones and a Mountain Dew. Is that correct? Yes, but the Mountain right. Dew is pretty weird. Yeah, it is, but it's not foreign. And there's nothing weirder than things that aren't from America, baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what what color do you want to try? We have these two colors. One is a very sea foam. You know, maybe I should have saved this for Cali. But uh, you know, uh, but what 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 speaks to you? The red or the well, blue? This blue, because of your shirt, I think mm -hmm. would be good. Yeah, really, so I'm going really to. Good. I Kate Kate gave me a glass of uh, ice because this was sitting in the car. So um, hopefully, uh, I can get it a little cool. So uh, is yours cooled off? Mine's not cold. Uh, it was not delivered cold. It was lukewarm, and I will be rating it. I will be, you know, docking it points for being warm because right. it's not my fault for not chilling it. It is its fault for not being cold when I have it in my hand right now. What's Does the backstory of this? This is Fanta, but it's from what is this? Is this? this I don't know, Kevin. Kevin researches this stuff. Do you have any? This answers, is from Kevin? China. This China is Fanta, peach jasmine flavored, but Whoa. it's blue. That's yes, awesome. Jasmine, peach Jasmine, and that's how you spell it. And <laughs> it, it, spell it looks like, um, like glass cleaner. Uh, I poured it, it, so I got it out of here, and I poured it in here. And this is my mm -hmm. glass. 
It so, kind of smells like rubber erasers. Do you guys getting that? Yes, I'm definitely getting that. Rubber eraser. Isn't it that a weird bottle? It might somehow be the bottle. Okay. But it might yeah. be the bottle. I'm not smelling that, but maybe that's the COVID. So Kevin's giving okay, it a taste. Kevin, give it a taste. What do you think? Oh, it's very... It tastes a little bit like blast cleaner, actually. It, it's very cleansing. It's the floral note, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's perfumey, but not in a normally edible way. It's not bad. It's not, I, I was <laughs> expecting it to be bicarbonate. Is it carbonated? It's undercarbonated. Yeah. All the soda's expired. It didn't yeah. get to us expired, but we've had it for a long time, and it has since expired. Um, they they which were weakly carbonated to start with, though. Yeah, well, you know, let's let's say that. Sure, it's um, <laughs> it's refreshing. It's also it got less calories. It's got ninety calories, which is less than normal, I think. I'm not tasting any real sugar. I'm tasting a little bit of the peach. It's not bad. I, I was love expecting. The peach. Yeah, me too. I was expecting this to be awful tasting, just based on the color alone. Yeah, I really like it. Um, uh, KFC has a peach flavored Mountain Dew, and it's kind of like a lighter version of that. Like uh, the Mountain Dew that they have is very syrupy. And so it, it kind of is almost, you know, like uh, nectarines and peaches and stuff are a syrupy yeah. fruit. So it kind of works. But this is much lighter. Yeah, yeah like you said, much more refreshing. And yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. What, what about you, Kevin? This isn't bad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for, like if it. anybody at home listening wants to try this, these were sent to us by the really nice people from the Exotic Soda Company. Oh. Um, they're not a sponsor. They just sent us a ton of stuff, and they also gave us a coupon code to give you guys. So if you go to ExoticSodaCo.com and enter the coupon, that happens. You get 15% off your whole order. Ooh, get it. This is a, I, I wouldn't say that I go, wow, this is perfect, but it's refreshing and nice. It's, it's nice, and it's a weird color, so... It's kind of mouthwashy looking, but it does not taste like mouthwash. No, I like that it's this mouthwashy color. I like that it's kind of light. It's like a nice sip and drink. You can imagine like sipping it over a long yeah. period of time. I'm think? digging it. What do you think, Lolly? Uh oh. What, Lolly? What do you think? Do you think? All right. And then Rob moved the camera to his dog for those listening. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's good. Uh, we should move on to the next one. The I don't fact know. that I'm finishing the glass should say something. Yeah, for sure. That's the biggest test is if like we want to finish it or not. Like we had a right. seven up mojito. Jesus Christ. Oh, man. I kind of like that, too, but it was still fucking. Weird. Are we going to Fanta? Yeah, let's do the other Fanta. This one's in Fruit English. Twice. I think it's from. This from England. Oh, made in Great Britain. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, do no, you want to try no this hiss. one first? Me? Yeah. All right. Okay. Let me let me pour it in. Fanta, it smells I've kind heard, of tropical. Heard a lot about Fanta. I don't think I've had a Fanta, to be honest. Well, Fanta's not bad. Fanta's I think not it's bad. more popular abroad than in America. Yeah. It smells like squirt a little bit. Pretty sure it was invented uh, by the Germans because we stopped yeah, selling them Coke during the the WW two. Um, so it's it's a Nazi beverage, I believe. What is the fruit I'm tasting? It, it a little has bit a of orange in there. I think a little bit of orange, a little bit of peach. I'm tasting the peach again, not carbonated. Passion fruit. Yeah, I think it's passion fruit. So orange, peach, apple, passion fruit seems like the main uh, fruit juices that are added. To this. Not bad at all. Yeah, I think it kind of, 
and there's some some things when they combine too many things they get what i call a brown kind of taste which i don't yeah. know if it's really brown but it just means they kind of just muddle together into this kind of warm thing and i it's wouldn't kind of call it i wouldn't call it soda yeah no it's, it's more it's, of a juice right and it has juice. It has four four percent juice from concentrate. So that's going to be a lot more juice in a standard American soda for sure. Um, but yeah, very juicy. Obviously, the light carbonation. This is a lighter carbonation than the the other one. So, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm definitely not liking it as much, right? Um, I'm I'm going to say it's the same. Oh, okay. It's, it's the same. I don't but like I'm the gonna, orange. I'll finish it up. I don't think the orange is bad or anything, but I don't I don't really like the orange. I think it's like it's a pretty strong note in there and it kind of takes you away from the I mean, it pr probably tastes worse without the orange, but I don't know. Whatever. So that was Fanta uh, Fruit Twist. Not bad. It's it's no. not weird looking enough for me to want to buy it. I mean, it tastes probably as good as the the other blue one. Uh, but it's not blue, you know. I, I, I kind of am interested in, in a drink that looks like it would taste terrible and is actually kind of refreshing. Yeah, those are the funnest ones where we look at one and it's like yogurt. <coughs> this could be bad or whatever, this but nothing's flavor? blowing my socks off. Like nothing's going like, oh, wow. Well, that's about to change, my friend. Mm -hmm. Because up next, we have Mountain Dew Purple Thunder, only available at Circus K, no, Circle right. K uh, brand stores. I'm a and big, I don't know if you know about that, but I'm a big Mountain Dew fan. I love Mountain Dew. This is like my cheat drink. Ooh, I got a hiss. Oh, yeah. No, these are very carbonated. So okay. do you like regular Mountain Dew? Have you tried regular the other Mountain ones? Dew. Regular yeah, Mountain okay. Dew. I would say Mountain Dew is the reason we have Heat Vision and Jack because uh, I was talking to my agent like back in 1999 and I was telling her, I'm like going, I think it's over with. I don't have any ideas. I, I can't, I don't have anything. Stiller wants a new idea. I don't have anything. And so I went home and I took two Excedrin and drank like one of those, not a two liter, but like just under a two liter of Mountain Dew. And I just wrote like the outline for Heat Vision and Jack because I was just like, because it was like so much sugar and so much caffeine. And then I ran over by Harmon's house and I read it to him out loud. And he was laughing the whole time. And then he says, we're writing that this weekend. So Mountain Dew is the reason why we have Heat Vision and Jack. Okay. That's awesome. Well, Shrubs brought to you by Mountain Dew. By so this is a very light purple, right? Don't I was you like, think? Yeah. I thought it would be more syrupy. Yeah. Um, Mountain Dew has the pitch black, which is a standard grape flavor. It's a much darker color than this. This is a very light. It's one of the lighter kind of hues of yeah. dark colored Mountain Dew. Not a lot of bubbles. This might nope. be pretty flat. It better not be. I'm going to be pissed. So Fanta is usually pretty bubbly, like seven up bubbly. Yeah. From th these, these, Yeah. He's yes. been sitting around for a while. So we're exotic so soda company is a great yeah. partner that we would never slander and have never slandered on the show. No, We've never insulted good, anything they've a, done. This is a good um, taste. It's test. not. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. What did you say? Oh shit. Kate's you in taste the room. It? Kate, Kate, come and taste it. Okay. So Kate's going to come in and, and taste Kate's going to taste the purple thunder mountain, mountain dew. dew. It's and, not and carbonated. It's, so it might be with a, a blast. Bad. Okay, with a blast of berry plum. I haven't tasted it. It shouldn't yet, be flat. It's not flat. 
and she's trying it. What do you think? She has a, I would say, I like a disgusted it, reaction. I know how much sugar's in it. <laughs> okay. It's refreshing. I'm not into it. Schraub's not into it. I'm not into Is it. Is it this... carbonated, though? No, it's not. It, it doesn't taste syrupy. Like regular Mountain Dew, you can taste the sugar. The sugar is mm -hmm. thick. It's like drinking maple syrup. What do you think This of that? does have the same amount of sugar as Mountain Dew. I think Dew. that might be my favorite. It tastes like lychee. What's that? It's a uh, cherry. It's like a, a weird... Well, that's not a cherry. It's, cher it's kind like of a, a weird... grape-flavored cherry. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> but what about you, Kevin? You try the Purple Thunder? Yeah, well, I had to go get it from a fountain because they didn't have any bottles of it left. So this is, I poured a fountain into a glass container, so it would still be bubbly by the time I got here. But I think okay. mine's a little bit more watered down than your guys is a little bit just by color alone, because mine's almost see-through. Yeah, but I did that too, but it was also watered down. Yeah, you have the ice, so. It's, it doesn't taste enough like Mountain Dew, I think, for me. It you know? That's, anything yes. like Mountain Dew. That's the problem. anything like Mountain Dew. A lot of these flavors have Mountain Dew and then have another flavor, so they're like this twin flavor, but this doesn't have the Dew. It just has the second flavor, which is kind of like a vague purpley. It's not grapey. Um, it's, it's, I don't it's, taste the sugar. It's I, don't taste, I don't taste any sugar at all. Well, you did have COVID. So oh, shit. That's right. I had COVID. Can you hear? You can't hear any of it. No. Yeah, you know, I got well, have Kate tell us what she thought of both of the sodas that she's tried. Okay, well, you know, what do you think contrast? of both of the sodas? You took the purple and then you took like the mouthwash. I felt like this one was thicker. It had more of a syrup. I agree. It needed to be colder. Mm -hmm. This one has too thin of a consistency. It doesn't taste like Mountain Dew. Yep. Um, but. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's refreshing. No, it's not bad. Try the try this the fruit twist Fanta. Can you hear Kate or is the mic? Yeah, we can hear her pretty well. Okay. Yeah, it's good. But the yeah, smell it's like on it, this one. It's a gross smell in my opinion. Like but the it purple thunder like tastes kind of Gatorade. No, this to one me. was peach. But it is. It does have peach, but it's more citrusy. That one, yeah. the fruit twist. I want bubbles. Yeah, we don't get no bubbles. I think these have been sitting in the in the case for too long. Well, the Purple Thunder is really new, so I don't know. But I, I could buy it. This actually, my Purple Thunder bottle is also kind of light on the carbonation compared to uh, yeah. other Mountain Dew, so I don't know. I would say number one. Yeah, that would be number one for me, too. Number two, Purple. That's the Purple Mountain. Number three. Interesting. Number three coming Color up wise, number one, number two, number three. Purple is not a good uh, soda drink color, I think. No, the pitch black was a really dark purple. I think that works better. But this is like, it's very clear. I think you want it to be darker or something. Do you think they know. just like went, oh, everybody keeps saying Mountain Dew looks like piss. So let's do other colors. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Yeah. yeah. No, they're just, they've been getting a lot of. The uh, Kate's do a good physical comedy, um, but they they've been getting a lot of new flavors just for novelty and stuff. And I've been buying all of them, and I think that's their thing. We'll just flood the market with variants and stuff. I don't know. I think Spencer's wired from all the sugary. Oh, I'm always wired. I'm either wired or depressed. Those are my two modes. Same here. Same yeah. here. We were talking about depression. 
and 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 then you start drinking the Mountain Dew, and you feel all good now, huh? You're not gonna sleep tonight if you drink all that. And if you're listening to the podcast at home, uh, more physical comedy is being had on the screen. And uh, check out thathappenspod.com for all the videos or shrobhopevideo.com to watch it live and understand these jokes. What is that sound? Oh, is she humping? No, she's got something in her nose and she's like trying to... Oh, she's like sneezing? Yeah, that's kind of like there's something in her throat. She got like some dust in her throat or whatever. But that's... We're playing the sound, but we gotta leave. We gotta just stop. Okay, whatever. Rob, you have anything to plug? Uh, tune in to Found Crap, and uh, we're gonna. Oh, should... hurry up! Qu- plug faster, quick. We're gonna show a bunch of stuff later, and uh, you know, I'll be back with another uh, Cyberpunk Megazone, uh, hopefully next week. And uh, love Shrap Home Video. Nope, you're out of time. Sorry, sorry. We gotta cut that plug. We gotta delete it from the episode. <laughs> it took too long. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash The Sixler. I have a Patreon, patreon.com slash The Sixler. Uh, Kevin, uh, Rob sh- covered everything, right? Is there anything else you want to cover? Uh, just check out shrobhomevideo.com every Sunday and watch all of us live. And if you are just listening to us and want to watch this episode, go to thathappenspod.com. Oh, I, I have a Patreon, like I said, I, I but I just this, you know, at the top of the month, I release stuff. And so I'm about to put out a release that's called the Ghost Bridge Collective. It's about a cannibalistic cult of ancestor worshipers. So if you like D&D stuff or you like creative stuff, you know, check it out. It's good stuff. Shrab's pointing to his cannibal airline shirt, but I'm talking so the camera won't move to see him, unfortunately. But they've seen that the whole time. So, you know, you get the idea from me saying that. I don't know. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Uh, I don't I, I don't know. Thanks so much, Rob. What a great episode. Thanks so much for coming I on. Lo- it was great talking uh, yeah, to you. Yeah, I love you. I love you, Spencer. Is there, you know, uh, just, just, uh, why, just why, why not ruin this, right? Uh, you know, I came over to your house to drop off these sodas, and I, you know, I was talking to, to Kate and stuff, but you were, like, hiding inside. Were you just trying not to get me sick? I, I kind of felt like, oh, does he not want to talk to me? I was just curious. No, I was, I was, I was being respectful of your, your okay, yeah. worry of sickness. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't mean to call you out or something. I was just like, oh, I, I figured that was probably it. But I was just feeling yeah. I was like, oh, I hope Rob's not mad at me or something. So never okay. mad at you. I think you're the best. Glad Rob's not bad at me. And, uh, you know, as always, we like to end the show with the exact same catchphrase every single time. So until next time, Rob's not mad at me. See you, folks.